The story of a boy who simped so hard everyone died. We watched another and we're here to answer the question, was it a kawaii disappointment? Hello everyone and welcome back to Kawaii Disappointment, your weekly journey through the worlds of anime. With you as always is me, your host, producer, weeb of all trades, and cardiacally challenged buddy, PJ. And me, Devin Sawa from Final Destination 1, Skylar. <laughs> and joining us today for the first time, friend of the podcast, Dom. Hi, folks. I'm just along for this horrible, horrible ride. Well, uh, I don't know if this will help you calm down, Dom, but why don't you, you know, it's your first time on the podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your relationship to anime? Oh, okay. So way, way, way back in the days when malls were still a thing, uh, I used to love going <laughs> into Suncoast Video and checking out Hell the yeah. Japan animation section because there were all the giant robot cartoons and i love some good giant robot cartoons uh and it just kind of snowballed from there i think i went to my first anime convention in like 2002 or 2003 and i've been to anime expo a couple of times uh and it's just been a constant stream of oh hey that looks fun oh god i don't like that oh that looks fun oh that's really good (laughs) what the heck is this Holy crap, I'm in love. <laughs> well, speaking of those that you're in love with, I mean, A, very relatable history with anime there. Suncoast, uh, I think, was a big introductor for anime to a lot of people, especially that Japan animation. Uh, but why don't you tell me, after all these years in the anime scene, do you have an idea of what your top three are? Uh, in no particular order, Mobile Suit Gundam 0083, Stardust Memory, uh, Ping Pong Club, and gonna have to say one punch man i just love how it just takes all the op tropes and it's just like straight man's them it's brilliant comedy and the and i love the switching through the animation styles as it goes along mm-hmm. it's just like we're gonna be derpy but then oh no shit's about to get serious because his eyeballs changed like I was- hell yeah phenomenal phenomenal choices i have not watched uh pink pong club but i'll have to oh, check it out Ping pong club is it's one that I don't think a lot of people have seen or heard or even heard of, but it is a great comedy about a elementary, early junior high school's ping pong club and their shenanigans. That sounds amazing. I'm super on board. Is for it kind of like Prince of Tennis where it's like really funny? Yes. I support this. So I like that you told us about an anime and then another anime and then another anime because this week we are watching another. another. Wow. <laughs> So yes, this week we are watching another with Dom as we continue through Horror Month. So Dom, why don't you tell me, based on the name alone, what did you think this anime was going to be about? I feel like when we reference another, we have to like quotation mark another so that people know we're talking about a quotation mark, the, you know, series. Honestly? (laughs) Another, another what? Because this is, this is my thing. It was like, you were like, you're going to watch another. And I was like, another what? No, no, no. PJ, tell me another what? (laughs) Yeah. Same thing when I was doing research for it. I was like, another anime. Well, that's confusing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, put that into your Googles. Anytime I was looking up anything, I had to be like, another, the anime. Just solely when you were like, okay, it's another, and it's an anime. What did you just solely based on the name where you like, hmm, well, maybe it'll be about this. I I had zero, absolutely zero inklings about what this was about. Because there's no like, there's no subtitle for it. It's just the yeah, word. It's not like another, another, the hauntings or something like and that. The, the font <laughs> Is like, okay, this is like maybe early 2000s, like when everybody was kind of doing the edgy logos. <laughs> nothing, nothing. Well, then once you saw the poster, were you like, okay, this gives me something? I got really excited because I thought it was going to be on a ship. 
and then I realized it's just a bunch of power lines. Oh, see, I see that. Now that you say that, totally get I got that. real excited. Uh, looking at the poster, I was like, okay, school uniforms, red sky, ship, knee, power lines, crows. This is probably going to be another one of those. Well, the kids team up to find out who's been killing people at the school. I think that's a very solid prediction for most horror anime. <laughs> uh, so then let's talk about the two characters we have here. Why don't you tell me what you thought about the boy in the uniform? Oh, you mean generic clamp dude number 43? That's such, that. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's so uh, good. <laughs> okay, so he's either going to end up dead at some point, maybe judging by like the way he's like looking over his shoulder kind of sketchily. Uh, he's the one doing the killings, and he's just leading everybody along. So it's going to be a weird like death note situation. Okay, very, very light yagami up in this piece. Uh, then tell me about uh, our focal point here, this girl with the eye patch. Okay, so she's got the eye patch, she's got the school uniform, so either she's A, a badass, or B, she's been through some shit. Why not both? Uh, that's true. Kano Los Dos. Of, yeah, I'll... she's got this look on her face like she's seen the butthole of an outer space god and her brain is still trying to process it. She saw the brown eye blink and she blinked back. Oh my yes. god. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So we have our intense, not about school mystery, a school ghost mystery uh, or school murder mystery, I should say. This boy who is either our killer or just going to die. And uh, this girl who has seen into the butthole of Cthulhu. And I think that's, <laughs> oh that's a setup for a great anime if I've ever heard one. So why don't we take a quick break to see how accurate those predictions are. And then we'll be right back after watching episodes one and two of another with Dom. So stay tuned. All right, we're back and we watched episodes one and two of another with Dom. Tell me, Dom, what did you think? This... I mean, it's kind of going where I thought it was going to go, but I'm I'm very confused. Why the dolls? Yeah, and it's it's very. I mean, and I I I kind of like it, right? Because a lot of times horror anime can just be very like in your face. This is a very slow burn. Uh, this was this was something like I I kind of got like when I like first looked at the poster and was like thinking about it, like not knowing anything. I was like, this is going to be one of those weird like. Where the cicada cries animes were like everything oh, yeah. seems hunky dory slice of life until there's somebody murdered in a well and 100%. blood dripping from walls. <laughs> uh, and I got that, I got that, I started to get that same vibe with this. It's like, dude just shows up, you know, supposed to start school and then he's got a collapsed lung. Oh, God, what's going on? Uh, well, let's figure out what's going on by going through some quick housekeeping on another. So another is actually based on a novel by the same name by Yukito Ayatsuji, published fully October 29th of 2009, though it originally released serially from August 2006 to May of 2009 in Yasai Jidai Literary Magazine. There are two spin-off novels, another S and another Zero, one of which tells a side story to our current plot and the other which tells a story set in the town's past. Uh, there's also a sequel titled Another 2001, which, you guessed it, takes place in 2001. And the novel eventually received a manga adaptation by Kiro Kiyuhara that ran from May 2010 to January of 2012 in Young Ace magazine. The anime was directed by Tsutomo Mizushima and produced by PA Works for Tokyo MX and ran for 12 episodes from January to March of 2012 and an OVA titled The Other, Karma, released the month after the series ended. Finally, there is a live-action film based on the novel that released after the anime in August of 2012, directed by Takashi Furusawa. Wait, PJ, are you telling me that there's 
another, <laughs> another, another? Yes, there's there's another book and another anime and another movie. <laughs> another adaptation of another adaptation of another series. But did you hear the name of the other one? That's just the other. The other. The other. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, well, with all of that, let's jump into episode one and two. Uh, in episode one, because his father is working abroad, Koichi Sakakibara moves to his birth town of Yomiyama to live with his grandparents and his aunt, Reiko Mikami, where he spends the first month hospitalized due to a pneumothorax. His classmates, Izumi Akazawa, Tomohiko Kazumi, and Yukari Sakurari, visit him but act strange. In the hospital, Koichi meets an uncanny girl, Mei Misaki, once he recovers, he attends school where Mei says that their class, 9-3, is close to death. While Koichi is talking with two of his classmates, one, Naoya Tashigawara, lets slip the class 3-3 is cursed. Before Naoya can explain himself, Koichi spies Mei in the library annex and joins her. He asks about her eye patch, but she refuses to tell him anything about it. The librarian, Mr. Chibiki, arrives and tells Koichi to leave. Later, troubled by his interaction with Mei, Koichi goes to the hospital and asks a nurse he met during his stay there, Sanae Mizuno, about a girl who may have died on the night of his discharge. Although she doesn't know much about it at first, she later calls him back to say that a junior high school student did indeed die that night, and that her name was something like Misaka or Masaki. Goichi, who was standing in front of a mysterious puppet museum when he got the call, debating whether or not to go inside, is shocked by the revelation and resolves to enter. There, he meets Mei, who decides to show him what is underneath her eye patch, and before it lifts, the episode ends. And that's episodes one and two of another. I love he's just, like, outside a mysterious puppet shop. You know, all those, like, puppet and doll shops. I love hanging out outside of mysterious puppet shops. And every time he goes in, the old lady's just like, we don't get boys in here. Oh, are you a junior high school student? <laughs> Well, half price for you today, sonny. <laughs> Everyone knows junior high school boys love their creepy doll puppets. Also, I'm pretty sure that the shopkeeper is actually like the main character from Galaxy Express 3-9 in disguise. That was a good prediction. As someone that did finish the anime, you're right. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler wow, alert. It's been a Galaxy 3-9 crossover this whole time. Whew, man, nailed it in one. <laughs> All right, episode over, y'all. We the got podcast. there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just okay. So yeah, as we were kind of talking about beforehand, and I don't know, like everything about this, it, these two episodes at least specifically, are so like I don't know, like nothing about them is particularly super duper creepy, but everything about them is kind of designed to put you slightly on edge. Not so on edge that you're like, when is you know, as a term I just heard, like the rubber band isn't stretching before it snaps. It's just like slowly being pulled tight. And you're like, what's happening? Why is this happening? Why does no one interact with her? Why did why is her desk all like gross? And why is there a weird puppet museum? And why is there one that looks like you know, there's all these things and you're like, why, why, why? You just have a question after another question after another question. Another question. And you know what? It stays at that pacing throughout the whole anime. I thought we were gonna reach like an escalation point and then like for the last like five episodes you know it keep going it doesn't painful it's just, but it's so there's good. no climax no denouement it's just that flat line the whole way i mean like eventually there's a climax but that's like second to last episode it makes you work for it it really does Oof. but it is so good like even though it's very slow paced the just like atmosphere just keeps you in and it's so interesting it just i think <laughs> 
the mystery of trying to guess what's going to happen because they're constantly throwing you red herrings is what makes it worth it. Yeah, I mean, I I super couldn't tell what this was going to be from episode one and two. I mean, my vibe was very like, homegirl is dead, right? That's kind of the vibe we're all getting here. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I also low-key think he was dead, too. Oh, they're both dead. But why is no one interacting with her? I'm not, I don't actually want you to answer the question, Skylar, because you know the answer. <laughs> uh, so my thought is that everyone around him is dead, and like he's in like a weird purgatory situation. Oh! oh. And, but like her spirit like chooses to interact with him and none of the other spirits. In a very like weird, almost like tempting kind of way. Yeah, so... Like I noticed, there's there's a lot of things I noticed that are going on in the background of the episodes. One, holy shit, how is OSHA not shut that hospital down? Because <laughs> do they only have one light bulb? <laughs> one light bulb that they have to unscrew and take with they them. They have to, to the unscrew next and room. take with them wherever they that go. That person's paid it's a like, lot of money. Stop trying to steal jobs from people. <laughs> but a thing I noticed: the hospital's dirty. So dirty. Everything in this town is dirty hey, also it's a country bumpkin uh, kind of town regard okay that t- that hospital is very nice for a country bumpkin town first of all but that's that's japanese medical care for you yeah but it was a th- it was a thing i noticed like on the streets on the buildings like there's like rust and like lines of dirt that have like dripped down like everywhere and it's it's very subtle but it was a thing i was man this is like a grungy town even after the rain yeah huh it looks rough consistently throughout the episodes and can we talk about speaking of the hospital how weird is it that this like adult ass nurse is like i'm gonna a hang out with his teenage boy during my lunch break and b give him confidential as hell information about another patient i mean she is a Stephen King simp, and uh, oh yeah, you know all Stephen King simps are potential pedophiles. Ah, okay, and <laughs> and <laughs> and love breaking HIPAA laws. I know Japan doesn't have HIPAA laws, but still. <laughs> hey, yeah, you know what? There is a lot of uncomfortable sex in Stephen King novels, and You're a right. lot of cocaine. underage sex. And she's like, I want to recreate that. I want you and your friends to run on train on me after we kill a clown. Hey, he's not a clown. He's only another spoiler. Kind of a clown. <laughs> but yeah, I just thought that nurse was real sus. I think she's just bored as fuck because they live in a country bumpkin town. So like. And I guess also she's like, oh, God, literally, I don't even care that you're a teenager. You're the first person that likes like anything I like. Right. <laughs> And I think she just likes, she, okay, so she just has FOMO, right? She wants to be part of the mystery because she loves Stephen King. She's like, ooh, scary things happening. Let me insert myself. When it's it's not just uh, Stephen King. She references uh, John Saul, who's another thriller writer. And she's like, I wish I could get my coworkers, the ones you can't see, that are totally there. Wish I could get them to read him. <laughs> Now I'm starting to think she's the killer in this, like, murder mystery Ooh. situation. But I'm also in on this purgatory situation. And maybe she's, like, the purgatory warden. I don't, I don't know. The, I'm starting to be more and more suspicious of her. The corpse ghost from Corpse Party. I guess they're all corpse ghosts. Never mind. Never mind. I don't know. I'm starting to... uh, (laughs) I'm growing more and more weary of her the more we talk about her. But, okay. So, obviously, as we go through this... You're right, Dom, with something you said earlier. Super wild that, like, the second he got into town, his lung was just like, boom, I'm gone. 
<laughs> and also just as things are going on, like, I mean, he has his lung collapse. May has an eye missing question mark. Homeboy has a like the other guy has a heart condition where his heart could just like stop at any moment. Like, why is everyone in this town so sick? Because it's a small town and there's rust everywhere. Everyone has tetanus. <laughs> <laughs> Got the black lung, Pa. <laughs> this is simultaneously set in like '90s Japan and medieval Europe, and it's another Final Destination reference. So I know it's supposed to be set in 1998 in a country bumpkin town, but man, Koichi's cell phone reception sucks. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, again, every call, every call, it eventually cuts out. <laughs> well, maybe because it's in he's in the spirit world, and they don't get true. great reception. Well, I don't even think, I mean, so, like, let's let's proceed with the spirit world theory, right? So, realistically, it's always very suspicious that the call ends at the most inopportune moment. Like, there is some sadistic Sprint employee somewhere monitoring his calls and being like, haha, you're about to get the answer? Click. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, to be fair, I know this is the 90s, but, like, he low-key gets better reception than we do in our apartment sometimes. So it's true. And with that brick phone too. Yeah. <laughs> they really I'm wanted a you to mad, know. Because in nineteen ninety eight my cell phone was much bigger than his. I'm mad because I didn't have a cell phone until like two thousand and what, seven? Ugh, I had a Nokia brick phone. I I had a Nokia brick phone in two thousand and seven. <laughs> You're one my of parents those were cool like, kids. My parents were like, here you go. You finally get a phone and it's this one. Don't drop it, or you'll put a hole in the earth. Straight through to the other side. My favorite movie, like... Journey to the Center of the Earth is just a movie about trying to retrieve your Nokia. It's true. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's actually a documentary. Uh, Something you said during your predictions that made me think of something else was that you thought this was like like a a ship. And obviously it made me think of the movie Ghost Ship, which we don't need to super get into the movie (laughs) Ghost Ship. We always talk about Ghost Ghost Ship. Is great. great. Ghost Ship is a great movie. Ghost Ship is a great I movie. I got really excited because I thought it, like it. Those power lines looked like rigging. I was like, "Sweet, it's gonna be on like an old Victorian ship or something." <sighs> no, it's just setting a pumpy, pumpkin, stupid little backwater town, <laughs> stupid little dead people, and stupid dolls. That is one thing I've never, I've never really gotten like, I've never been able to wrap my head around is the ball joint dolls. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, like Dolphy and stuff? Like, how those became super popular? Yeah, and, like, people make, like, the little clothes for them. I'm like, I guess it's a hobby. It's cool. But some are so realistic. Too realistic. I've seen Puppet Master. Same. One through three. I don't want that anywhere in my house. I've seen every Puppet Master, including the Demonic Toys crossover and all of the newer Axis of Evil movies. We have it on DVD. I still don't want them in my house. But but this also brings up a separate question or a separate issue, I guess, which is this is a conversation I see happen a lot online, which is how scared can you really be of living dolls? Because they are, for all intents and purposes, one to two feet tall. I mean, it, Chucky's pretty scary. Yeah, but like, what stops you as a grown adult from Chucky running at you and you just like field goaling him across the Fuck room? Fuck it, seriously. For me, it's the little teeth. It's the, no, it's the little fingers. They're going to be like little needles and it's like movable teeth. Like, they're just going to hamstring you and then you're at their mercy. You are now Gulliver and you are screwed. See, I agree with this point. So, I, you know, to, uh, 
devil's advocate the point that I brought up from online. Uh, I get I get that people are like, well, they're small. Like, I could just get rid of them. But if you watch most of those movies, most of those things surprise attack. You know, Chucky isn't just walking around being like, I'm going to kill you. Like, he's like, you know, hiding under the bed and like pretending to be a doll and then stabbing you while you're holding it. And the same thing with the Puppet Master dolls. I mean, one of the big things for those movies is you see a lot of shots from their point of view and they're like sneaking around and trying to find a, a place to like like a good vantage point to like kill people see from. this is why i love my flight or fight instinct because it's too perfect and too powerful and <laughs> too he perfect i almost accidentally broke my friend's nose because i'm just too powerful because she decided to scare <laughs> me did i almost have pj get eaten by a shark because my instincts took over yes and it was a shitty thing he'll never let me leave down but like <laughs> i'm just too powerful so dumb let me paint the picture. All right. Me and Skylar, we're at the beach. It's a oh, beautiful no! time. We're having, uh, you brought this up, Skylar. We're out uh, quite a ways away from the shore, just like swimming. Look, we're kind of just like hugging and like just talking in the water. It's a very beautiful moment. Very beautiful, serene. I'm facing the shore. Skylar's facing away from the shore. All I see is Skylar's eyes get big and she you know how like sometimes when you're in a pool you'll like hold on to like the edge and kick off of the wall to like launch yourself backwards yeah she did that with my body (laughs) and started swimming away as fast as she can and i was like what just happened and i turned behind me and i see a fin and uh, (laughs) and i'm like oh great i'm gonna get eaten by a shark uh and i start swimming Turn around. It's not a shark. It's far, far worse. It's a dolphin. <laughs> and I'm able to get out of there. And obviously, all of the sheep who don't know the dolphins are the worst animals uh, ever bore by this horrible, horrible world are looking like, oh, the dolphins are so cute. Meanwhile, I'm just looking at my future wife. I don't know why I still married her after this. And looking at her, I'm like, you left me to the wolves. You literally saw danger, used me as a launching pad, pushing me back closer to the danger <laughs> you as far away from it as possible and didn't even you weren't even like there's something behind you just left bailed fast as you could again like when something scary happens like literally pure instinct takes over it wasn't like me trying to be like i just don't think rationally it's just all dad reflex but without the saving the child yourself just saving yourself yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> You are your own father. Yes. This is uh, some... uh, That's actually the plot of this is uh, he's actually from like 2012, like from like, you know, 2020. He goes back in time. He's going to hook up with May because he cannot stop looking at her and is obsessed with her and is going to father himself, which does bring me to the point that this boy, Koichi, just like he'll literally like people will be in the middle of talking to him and he'll just walk away to start talking to Ray. To May. Yeah. Ray, May. It's they're kind of the same well, character. Well, she kind of looks like Ray from uh what what is that? ReZero? Mm. Yeah. Uh no, it's a uh, uh, Rem. Rem. F- Rem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite band. <laughs> That's my favorite uh, episode from ReZero, Losing My Religion. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like he'll like people will literally be like, "Hey, man, we need to talk to you about the curse of the school." And he's like, "Sorry, guys." Doesn't even say sorry, guys. He just walks away and is like, "Hey, you hanging out in the library or like, what's up? You trying to get into it or like, <laughs> we gonna fuck?" Oh, and then uh, what's what's and then it all happens 
wow, what's your face? Uh, was it Kawaka? The one who's like, in charge of countermeasures. Right. Yeah. Like, A, what are the countermeasures? What is she countermeasuring? Is she trying to keep the curse a secret? Also, Akazawa. Oh, Akazawa. Okay. Had the, had the letters mixed up, sort of. Uh, <laughs> yes. Like, she's good. like, we can't tell him. Also, you sure you haven't lived here before, Koichi? Are you sure? Think, Koichi. Think. Did you live here before? It's like, geez, you just got so, here. So, yeah, the most frustrating thing for me personally, and what you see, everyone's telling him to follow the rules and he can't break the rules, but no one's but fucking tell telling him, the, him rules. the rules. Yeah, he's just playing five card Mao with like life. <laughs> it's just a this this whole episode this whole anime is just one big episode of Calvin Ball. Jesus Christ. Also, what was his aunt drinking? Probably liquor. Tomato juice. Like it was a weird michelada? Like was it beer and tomato juice? <laughs> oh, wait, just yeah. hanging out in the middle of the day drinking out of michelada. I mean, that is what yeah. a michelada is, so. So, I this and this was uh this was another thing that I noticed. Uh the only clean place in town is his grandparents' place. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Damn. It is pristine. So maybe he's come a boy. Oh. And he's just interacting with like the dead parts of town. Oh, but he did live there before. He did. And the reason why his hospital and his grandparents' place are the only clean, like his hospital room and his grandparents' place are the only clean places is because they're the last places he was, but everything else is dirty because it's a memory. Mm, Damn. I like where you're going with that, except for the fact that his hospital room was kind of grungy. <laughs> well, that just the grandparents' place. The walls are the walls are smudged up, and uh, like under the the sink and mirror, I was like, "Who the who's housekeeping?" PJ <laughs> with his housekeeping in the beginning of the episode. I just want to have Dom on every a- episode just to tell us how clean or dirty settings are he's not even noticed like half of this dirt i know my favorite segment like he won't even be the guest host he just like calls in it's just in like every episode is, is it, it clean dirty? Or dirty i could do it i'll totally do it <laughs> dom's <laughs> dom's room rating this room gets a seven out of ten for cleanliness. <laughs> just gonna tell i'm just gonna tell you right now all of shokugeki no soma having worked in kitchens 10 out of 10 would eat off every surface. Phenomenal. Agreed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. But yeah, I feel like, yeah, the big thing that I keep getting from these two episodes is you really don't know what's happening. And I feel like that's evidenced by the fact that, like, we've had three very legitimate theories pop up on this episode alone <laughs> of what could be happening here. Yeah. Yes, we do. And each one, I'm like, damn, that's a good, that's a good one. Let's, let's make it. <laughs> so I have a theory about what's behind her eye patch. Ooh, I want to hear this. And, and this, this may have something to do with me watching it on Crunchyroll. As soon as like, she's like, you want to see what's behind here? And like, you see like the eye patch, like move down past her mouth. And she like gives that smirk. There's a synthesizer noise and then commercial break. I was just like, she's a network. <laughs> oh my god it's just the fucking void it's the matrix <laughs> oh she yeah she is she's port one zero 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 one honestly the matrix idea just kind of goes back to coma boy theory she's waifu morpheus <laughs> <laughs> she's about to like pull she's about to like lift out the eye patch and be like your life is about to change and hold out two pills to him Oh, God, he has to eat the good eye or the bad eye. And, oh, gross. I didn't even think about that. So, uh, and here, here's another theory I had, because while they were in, like, 
it happened like right at the last moment because I was like, what's going on here? In the doll shop, there's the doll that looks like her, right? Yes. But then there's the doll, the little conjoined dolls that also look like her, kind of. Yes. And one of them's got her eye color because she's a main character. She's got to have weird eye color. Yeah. So does she have like a twin who died? Oh, yeah. I love this theory that maybe the reason she's missing her eye is because that's where they were, con- like, it was like around where they were conjoined. And when they were like removed and the other one died also she lost her eye as like part you know part of the surgery i suppose uh, again i feel like every two minutes we're like I'm or, she, or she had a t- or that's where her conjoined twin was exactly, was in exactly. the eye oh my god oh my god this is like a um... little quato coming out of her face <laughs> koichi Koichi. And, it's, and it's, it Open was telling mind, her to kill koichi. people and they got it removed but she still hears that voice telling her to kill people Yep. Again, every two minutes we come up with a new theory that I'm like, yep, yeah, this is what the anime is about. Honestly, sure. you should just stop saying at this point so we could like develop the story and become famous. <laughs> We've got to copyright you know this, it's, write it's the book. Another theory. Ah, ah, this episode is a we theory a after another theory after another. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, gosh, we're gonna get these books published just just different enough that we cannot get sued <laughs> by Yukito Ayatsuji. This must have been intense to read too, uh, since it came out serially, so people did have to wait for like every chapter. Yeah, and again, oh, it is just like all atmospheric <laughs> consistently. Yeah, like I wonder if he wrote in like how grungy the town is to like the setting yeah probably i've heard good things about his writing in general obviously i mean it's really rare that a novel gets popular enough that it becomes an anime down the line like there's a lot of you know obviously manga that become anime and games that become anime you know just original anime but it's it's pretty rare i think this is maybe the first time that we've gotten a and not even like a light novel because light novels would still kind of make sense because they're manga e but this was the first straight up novel that we've done at least that was like and then we made it an anime so i mean it's also it's consistently rated among like the top 10 most popular mystery novels in japan but yeah and i mean again that mystery just continues it's very pervasive again like you get all these interesting okay i actually did have one question uh and skylar you might have the answer dom you might know the answer why is there the one student that isn't wearing a school uniform oh um because he's too cool for school is that allowed (laughs) Do I just get to? Does he walk in? Oh, are you talking, um, Tichi? Tichi? The one who, like, almost, sl- he's like, man, we got stuck in class three, the cursed one. And, like, everyone's like, <gasps> everyone's like, shut the hell up, bro. Tichy. Yeah. Do they go in on the first day of school and they're like, hey, you're not in dress code? And he pulls out a jukebox and it hits it and it turns on and they're like, never mind. You're too cool to be in dress code. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think he he's a jock, I think. Yeah. Because his, like, the jacket looks, like, very, like, PE uniform Yeah. I thought so too, but I guess I was just like, there's like, I don't know, this doesn't seem like a school that has sports for some reason. There's a whole PE class. Yeah, that's PE. It's not like he's walking around in like his PE uniform. Also, that's still one of your love. Like, I could have just go up to into school with like that has a uniform and be like, I'm gonna wear my like tiger's gray shirt and blue shorts all day. Oh, see, it's because you're not a woman. Um, yeah, if you got dress coded, you had to wear your PE uniform for the rest of the day. Well, see, but that makes sense if it's not a school uniform school. I imagine if you get dress coded at a school uniform school, they're just like, here is the uniform. It's like loners at work, you know? 
what if he oh no because they're poor they don't have any they don't have any extra uniforms laying around but also schools value jocks and they let them do anything like statutory rape i love that one tiktok audio that's like we're gonna get rid of racism and sexism and homophobia and then the jocks like but those are my favorite things and they're like oh not you you run fast we don't care what you do Oh, it's true. Social issues at display here. It's well, it's not like he's just wearing like a random windbreaker or anything. Like, and I'm pretty sure the pants match some of the PE uniforms. Is that what or the, pe- the jacket is that what people ask people? So, like, I'm pretty sure he's like sex. in one of the he's in one of the athletic clubs. Shut yes. up, PG. That was such a disgusting <laughs> joke. <laughs> Do the pants match the PE uniform? <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Uh, no, I completely agree. Uh, yeah, I just, I mean, I guess, like, I just assumed that if you were at a school uniform school, you had to wear your uniform until it was, like, sports time. But you're right. Athletes do get to do whatever they want to do. Yeah, we just let athletes do whatever they want, so. And I like how, I like the moment when everyone's, like, you know, being... <laughs> Just being like, wow, Japan? Japan's so cool. And I get it, right? Because that's like, that's like, I feel like if I were to ever move to like, I don't you know. You mean Tokyo? Yeah, Tokyo. That's what I meant. I feel like if I were to ever move to like, I don't know, like Poughkeepsie oh, or something, people would be like, wow, you're from the big city? <laughs> California. I, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what this was. It's just like, oh man, you're literally from a town that's like, where a city, you know, a neighborhood is like the... In- size of our entire city and the surrounding county and they can hire custodians tell us more about these <laughs> clean walls you have <laughs> wait you mean you have more than one light bulb in your house <laughs> wow who has the jobs then I, I do it's agree with a point that uh, comes up in this uh which is like big town privilege <laughs> Which which is real, right? Yeah. It's, it, it happens a lot when people from big cities move to small towns because they're like, yeah, I want like a more peaceful life or whatever. And everyone in that town is like, you literally don't understand how nice you had it there. Like you have infrastructure and like resources less and less ghosts and like people and community. And they're like, I don't know. It just seems so beautiful out here. And then everyone is like, I think you just think that because you're from the big town you dick literally casey when he moved to idaho and then like moved back a year later he has real big city privilege and they call him out for it but i mean all of that said koichi has a very unique school experience here obviously the students are super weird not many schools have like a head of precautions or whatever the fuck her title was countermeasures countermeasures that's even more intense what is this freaking command and conquer Honestly, like the way they talk about the rules and stuff, again, gives me Final Destination vibes, but also like Rosemary Babies vibes where like everyone around him is just like kind of fucking weird and not acting that normally. Yeah, it seems like there's like a school cult and like he's the sacrifice for the year. Bible Black. No, no. Yeah. No. Ugh, God, Bible Black. Gotta love it. But all of that said, it's it's just a wild time and it's denoted even more when we get to the music of this anime because while there is some very good you know atmospheric music in this the big point for me is just how intense the opening song is so why don't we talk about the music of another do you and you say intense do you mean fucking insane yes well let me get there uh so that opening is nightmare contagion by ali project 
Dom, why did you think of that opening? I know I've heard, like, I've heard this style, this, like, it's, there's a weird note to it that, like, you can pick up. And it's, so I, I, I did a little digging afterwards, because I'm like, I swear I've heard this song before, like, you know, and it was, it was, you know, probably during the days of, you know, questionable LimeWire downloading things, because I found some CDs where I'm like, I don't remember this anime intro at all. But I found out that Ali Project also did themes for Code Geass, Fate Extra, Line Barrels of Iron. Like, they've had a couple of Oh, yeah. I, as soon as I themes. heard this, too, I was like, after I th- listened to it a few times, so like try to pick my artist, which we'll get to later, I was like, this kind of sounds like Code Geass. Yeah. That's because it kind of is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but my big thing is, like, this feels like it's like three different songs in one. I was going to say, you just put Spotify on shuffle and you yeah, kept shuffling and you just in the kept middle changing. songs. Because, <laughs> uh, like, the very beginning almost feels like a slightly, slightly darker kids' mystery cartoon. Like, the very, very beginning guitar and stuff. I was like, is this like Archie's Weird Mysteries? Like, what is this? And then it immediately goes into like this whimsical Lolita goth. And then it ends in like this intense orchestra melody. I'm like, these are three different songs. What happened here? <laughs> <laughs> which made it really hard again we'll get to later but like it made it really hard to pick an artist so i was like what is this i literally worked sh- okay so i'd never let people in in this game with me and i had to workshop this with lauren i was like lauren i have no idea what to do and she's like it can't be that bad and i put it on she's like what the fuck are you gonna do i was like I don't oh know. my god it is that bad <laughs> i like how you went to our notoriously least musically inclined guest <laughs> I thought she would bring some like different perspective because like yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, it it's a wild ride of a song. I do like it though. Oh yeah, it definitely grew on me, and I added it to my anime playlist. So it's in that weird place of like it kind of sounds like every anime intro I watched in like the early 2010s. So like in my brain, it's just like staticky. Okay. If that makes sense, it almost gets lost uh, in the noise for you. I mean, it's not bad. It didn't make it didn't make me hate it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely not the worst. Probably not. I mean, I wouldn't put it as the best. It's enjoyable. No, for sure. It's it's middle of the road, but it is unique, if nothing else. Yes. Uh, so then let's talk about the outro song, which is "Anamnesis" by Annabelle. I'm 
Dom, what did you think of that one? This is exactly like the cover of Fly Me to the Moon at Evangelion. <laughs> it's that slight little, it's that little shred of hope of aftercare after the mindfuck you've just 100 it's that come down and i honestly very much agree with the comparison of specifically fly me to the moon because this is so like melodic you've you've just suffered some possible mental trauma let's kind of let's try to soothe you out of here on your way back into the real world it's kind of like how the body um forgets when it gives birth because it's like the most traumatic thing like a woman could do but then the body's like we still need to do this again so let's forget all that pain that's what this outro does for this anime (laughs) yeah i completely agree uh it's it's like it's a great come down for it so then i think we're ready to move on to our segment what modern or contemporary artist do you think would have done a good job with these anime interests and outros so dom why don't you tell me who you think could have done a good job with nightmare contagion so i after sitting there and listening to it a couple of times i was like because of the progression between the different styles immediately my brain went to like prog metal uh-huh. and i think either mastodon or coheed and cambria would do a Ooh. really good job yeah leaning a little more towards coheed and cambria i was about to say i would personally go more coheed but i approve of both but some of mastodon's like earlier works have had that crazy mm-hmm. shift in between the different genres in one song yeah right. 100 so like, it's n- totally in the wheelhouse 100 support this choice what about you, Sky? Okay, so bear with me. Because usually I try to match the vibe and everything. Um, and Lauren, my workshop partner, was like, maybe we just focus on the vocals. So that's literally what I did was try to match up the vocals as possible. This is not her vibe. But vocally, she could do it if she really wanted to. And that's Gwen Stefani. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> For I don't sure. disagree with you, but just what a what a <laughs> what a choice. If we put a gun to her head, she could do it. That's the new segment. What modern or contemporary artist could do these anime intros and outros if you put a gun to their head? <laughs> for legal uh, reasons, this yeah. is a joke. <laughs> We're coming for you, Gwen Stefani. That's a joke. Or is it? It is. It, it is. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> well, okay. I do agree though. She could totally do this vocally. <laughs> I tried to find a middle ground. I don't think they are 100% the style or 100% the voice, but I think they're like 75% the style and 75% the voice. So I went with them. So I went with kind of what the second tone, what I felt was the main tone of this, which was the Lolita goth sound. Okay. Uh, so I went I went with Emily Autumn. Oh, okay. I, I could see that. I'm not familiar with them at all, but I'll take your word you on it. You should listen to Ophelia by Emily Autumn and you'll be like, wow, that kind of is the song a little teensy bit. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, super love that. I, I love all three choices, it, even if one of them does have to be coerced uh, into doing it. Right, right. <laughs> and would never be coerced into doing it. Because we do not own a single gun. Right, wink. and for legal reasons. Wink. Uh- <laughs> Stop winking, you're undermining <laughs> See, no, 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 PJ, you're going about it the wrong way. Would she do it? Probably not. Would she do it for a Klondike bar? There you Probably go. Probably yes. We're oh, gonna so she get- bribes. Klondike bars. What modern or contemporary artist would Could you pick for the anime intros and outros if you handed them a Klondike bar? Yes. I wonder if politicians take bribes in the form of uh, Klondike, Klondike bars. bars. I mean, Mitch probably McConnell. from big ice oh, cream. Oh, absolutely, because all he does is slip them under his shirt and they stay nice and firm next to his cold, cold, dead heart. His cold, yeah. cold turtle heart. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that little snapping turtle man. His fucking pants labyrinth, eyes having hands, fucking heart. <laughs> I'm sorry, I fucking hate Mitch McConnell. So yeah, I mean, uh, all horror month we're gonna talk about Mitch McConnell because <laughs> he's the our, he's our the national worst horror. horror ever. He is. He that man is straight up a lich. <laughs> I mean, and that's why we'll be stuck with him until we die. <laughs> can we find his phylactery? We gotta find the phylactery and give it a Klondike bar to just kill itself. Because we cannot threaten to kill it ourselves. I know it's fantasy, but that word literally sounds so sci-fi. Phylactery? It kind of does. I mean, yeah. fantasy, I mean, sci-fi is just the evolution of fantasy, so I get it. It's sci- It's fantasy in space. A fantasy with uh, science. Yeah. So why don't we move on to our outro song, which is Anamnesis by Annabelle. I think I'm saying that right. Anamnesis. Yes. Dom, what did you think of that one? Mariah Carey. Oh! Huh. Mariah Carey is the vibe I got off of it. I was sat there and I'm like, I was just like, okay, let's scrub the music. Let's listen. Let's go for the vocal track. Who's got that sound? And like, for me, it was like some of Mariah Carey's like ballads. Like just, I kept thinking like, maybe is it others? This person, Lisa Loeb, maybe? Nope. Mariah Carey. Is it somebody else? Nope. Mariah Carey. I'm just like, man, I just can't get away from Mariah Carey. So let's, that's my slot. I like it. Yeah, she sings in the yeah. higher register. I went with, by the way, I like it. It's a good song. Um, I went with Mandy Moore. Oh, wow. We're, oh. Uh, we're uh, not we're, but you two are going for, you know, these like, you know, these pop queens in for this anamnesis. I'm loving it. I feel very attached to both. I would listen to both. Uh, they both have their ballads that are very like slow, melodic. I could totally do this. I went a very different direction. Oh. I went for vibe over vocals. I went with someone who I feel like if they sang the song, it would not seem out of place in their catalog. Mm-hmm. But it's not the right vocal at all. So we went very opposite. I went with Frank Ocean. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I don't I know feel why like... I thought you were going to choose Fiona Apple. No. <laughs> but yeah, I went with Frank Ocean. Also, unrelated, this name of this song, Loki, a spoiler for the anime. <laughs> what is it? I figured out what anamnesis means. <laughs> what does it mean? It's also not an actual spoiler, but it's like a reference that comes up a lot with when they're like, are you sure you haven't lived here? Are you sure you haven't lived here? His anamnesis is the remembering of things from a supposed previous existence. So it's just like, oh my God, he just lives in a life of AUs. It's more like you're remembering past lives. Mm, because he's dead. <laughs> because yeah, of he's Dom. Dead. Yeah. Because of Dom. Yeah, Dom went in and fucking to murdered everyone. Fucking straight killed him. He has like a, a twirly mustache and everything. Every single one of those dolls is another attempt at killing another person. <laughs> you you fucking straight killed him, and we all fucking straight killed these predictions. <laughs> so here's uh here's another fun little tidbit fact. I was looking at the names of the episodes, uh, and I was like rough draft blueprint i was like oh is it gonna be like engineering no if you look at all of the titles it's all references to sculpting building dolls oh it's all do- it's dolls all the way down it's all it's <laughs> it's all dolls by god it's, it's literally been dolls this whole time it's just like sid from toy story like none of these people are real they're just dolls and he's just like all right you get to dub via explosive you get to die this is actually the super smash bros anime and (laughs) master hand is gonna be the final villain oh my god oh god i love it well let's actually figure out who our final villain might be by taking a quick break to watch some additional clips some additional context and we'll be back with dom's final thoughts so stay tuned everyone 
All right, we're back, and we had Dom watch some additional clips, see some additional context, see some additional maybe ghosts, see some additional actual deaths for sure. Uh, Dom, after all that, tell me, what did you think? Skyler is spot on with that Final Destination jazz. That's <laughs> my favorite um, genre of music, Final Destination, Final Destination jazz. Final Destination. Skibidi boop, 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 you're dead. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, Yeah, no, it is intense. Uh, As someone who also has only seen episode one and two, that context was like, damn. Like, and I mean, some of it was stuff I've seen because, I mean, if you know, you know, there is a very iconic death in this anime that, I mean, if you watch any, like, Watch Mojo Top 10 of anything horror you've probably seen before. But yeah, intense and Final Destination-y. Is uh, Koichi just played by Devin Sawa? Yes, because uh, this was in the 90s. <laughs> oh, well, no, the town is his final destination. Hey, oh, my God. <laughs> Another theory. Hey. <laughs> I mean, they got to uh, fucking um, change Death's design, I guess. I don't know. Contracting wise, it's it's a bad town. It's a bad town. <laughs> well, Dom, tell me after everything, did you end up with a favorite character? I don't yet. I'm... <sighs> I'm kind of leaning towards the jock just because he's like, no, screw you guys. Let's tell him about the curse that maybe he can save us from. And they're like, shut up, Tetchy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards him. You know what? Honestly, the bird. The talking bird. The talking bird. The talking bird. What a choice. <laughs> the little omen guy. Oh, he's so cute. My personal favorite is, uh, you know, it's probably, and again, I don't remember his name, is Heart Condition Boy. Oh, okay. He just seems so sad. What about yours, Sky? I don't know. I kind of like um, Akazawa. Like, I really like her intensity. Also, like, it kind of seems like she has a huge, like, tsundere, like, crush on the main character, Koichi. I get that vibe from episode one and two. Mostly episode two. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it. So all of us have kind of favorite characters. But I mean, I feel like that's kind of the right like vibe when you're leaning towards everyone might die. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, you it's don't hard get too to attached. commit. But yeah, you know, we have Dom's thoughts, we have our favorite characters. So I guess this is where we kind of go into our final theory, another theory, if you will. So I actually read this theory that uh, everyone in the town only dies if they have not given their final verdict on an anime in an anime podcast. It's a very (laughs) weird theory that I read here and there. That's Death's design. Yeah, it's Death's design. So I want to make sure that we're all safe from these gruesome, horrific deaths by making sure that we're covered. So, Dom, we'll go first with you to make sure that you survive at the very least. So, Dom, will you keep watching another? Yes, I will. And luckily, there's only 10 episodes left. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's a quick one with 12 episodes. If, if I die, it's going to be a quick death. <laughs> well, luckily, now that you've given us your verdict, uh, you will survive. I will also give mine that I will also keep watching this. And Skylar started watching it for this episode and finished it. So yeah. uh, we are all safe from death design. <laughs> and death. we have a kawaii success in the book. Hell yeah. And you love to see it. Uh, another great time. Uh... <laughs> Uh, I love it. it. Yeah, it was a wild, interesting, intense, theory-filled time, but I had a good time. But that's not the end of our time. Yes, we have another time. May I? Hell yeah. Is there an AMV for it? AMV. Anime music videos. Is there an AMV for that? 
So, Dom, you've actually listened to a few episodes of the podcast, so I feel like you know the rules. But if you, just in case you don't, you're going to give us a song and artist, and we're going to see if there's an AMV for another to that song and artist. So, Dom, why don't you give us your prediction? So, yes, there is. I, I had a lot of trouble narrowing it down based on the two episodes that I saw. But I really feel that Radiohead's Karma Police would be a good, weird fucking match for this. Oh, okay. All right, okay. let's do the research. So I, I had a couple other thoughts, but my, my main one was was the Radiohead. Uh, I also thought maybe like a perfect circle or one of Maynard Keenan's projects, just because they're so bonkers artsy out there. Unfortunately, that's not the rules. Oh, <laughs> I know. I, try, oh, I tried to meta it a little. I was going to say, but now you die uh, like a more horrific death because you try to go outside of death's design and he punished you. Yes, uh, unfortunately, there is no AMV for Karma Police to another, but uh, there is a Radiohead song. There is an AMV to No Surprises by Radiohead. So that is still going to be two points two out of for three. Dom. I'll take it. I'll take it. Two out of three. PJ, you also get to choose one because you have also only watched episode one and two. Oh, I have. I've had mine locked and loaded since episode uh, since episode two ended. Uh, I'm going to go with Dollhouse by Melanie Martinez. Oh, shit. All right, PJ. Yes, there's actually so many, so many Melanie Martinez uh, Dollhouse songs. She also just fits the vibe. Like, A, it definitely helps that it was Dollhouse, but I wouldn't be surprised if other Melanie Martinez songs were here, but I was like, well, if we're, we're gonna go Melanie Martinez, it's gotta be Dollhouse. Yeah, it's a creepy song, and I fucking love it. So, I mean, all told, uh, between Dom and I, we've got our solid three points in the book, and that's that's gotta be where this ends, right, Sky? Actually, PJ, it's time for the super secret, not so secret bonus point. Hey, Dom, do you think that there is possibly another, <laughs> uh, <laughs> another AMV for another to Evanescence bring me to life? Oh, <laughs> oh my God, that was so haunting. <laughs> the question is haunting him. I'm gonna say yes because Weeb's gonna Weeb. Everybody loves putting that song in an AMV. And you would be correct, sir. There is ple- There are plenty Woo-hoo! of AMVs for another two evidences bring me to life. Anything with lots of death. Which brings us to a solid four points total for the podcast, which is a phenomenal way of rounding out week three of Horror Month and a phenomenal first showing for Dom. Woohoo! Woo! I did it! I did it! Dom, thank you so much for coming on. This was a totally fun episode. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, yeah of this was great. Uh, a quiet success in the book. Four points total, three points. Uh, three points locked in. I hope you had a good time, but I also hope our listeners had a good time. I had you all had a fun time, you know, maybe ghost time, a maybe ghost ship time, a maybe it's purgatory time, uh, another theory time. But <laughs> after all that, we hope you have another time. Wait. Did I say another time? I meant just a good time while you wait for the next week's episode. And until that wait ends, we hope your week isn't a kawaii disappointment. And thanks for listening to another episode. Hey. Ah! Last one. Yes. I've been PJ. I've been Skylar. And I'm Dom. And that was another outro for the Kawaii Disappointment Podcast. Goodbye, everyone. Let's do another one. 
Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Pod. On Facebook, you can also find the official Kawaii Disappointment group where you can interact with us as well as other fans of the podcast. Or go to our website, kawaiidesupod.com, for links to those socials as well as all of our episodes. That's K-A-W-A-I-I-D-E-S-U-P-O-D.com. Spread the word about us, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes. It really does help. 